The internet as we know it is built around a number of assumptions. For example, it assumes that it is primarily composed of fixed machines connected by mostly wired networks. It assumes a vaguely hierarchical network with a relatively small number of high-capacity backbone routers which serve the general public. One of the most important assumptions is that of net neutrality, the idea that the network should be an indiscriminate carrier of information regardless of the source, destination or nature of the information being transmitted. Some newly proposed legislation threatens to undermine this assumption. In America, the Protect IP Act and the Stop Online Piracy Act propose to regulate the internet by blocking so-called rogue websites. Internet activists have compared this regulation to the Great Firewall of China. If built, it will be the largest and most radical form of censorship ever devised. There's already a great deal of political opposition to this policy. However, some activists have decided to view censorship as a technical problem, one which requires an engineering solution. I spoke with José Manuel from the Darknet project about his community plan to reimagine an internet which could root around any attempt at government censorship. I began by asking José how he began with the Darknet project. I started it because we believe that the rights about in the internet are being slowly degraded over time. For example, with uh, what happened in, in Egypt, with the government shutting down social networks because they um, they said it promoted um, the protest. We want to build a network that is operated by the people and for the people. So this is our way of avoiding censorship, and we truly believe uh, we can achieve true net, net neutrality. But there's a more pressing danger, isn't there? The Stop Internet Piracy Act threatens to cut our American friends off from the neutral internet, and that might happen within weeks or months from now. Sure. This, this act, for example, the Protect IP won't um, cut our rights right out, but, I mean, um, it will set a precedent, and over time the rights will get smaller. And sure, I mean, if you don't do anything wrong, you don't have to worry about um, these new laws. But with time, these new laws will get more... Um, invasive and we believe that our rights are being diminished. We spoke this year with the founder of the Serval project who proposed that we should adapt our mobile phones. However, phone operators and vendors tend to modify their devices to make this kind of thing very difficult. So what kind of hardware and software are you proposing that we should use to make a mesh network a practical reality? We would be using two Wi-Fi radios. Um, one would be for mesh networking and handling the communications between the mesh. One would be for clients like mobile phones or iPads. And the software we would be using would be a routing daemon, which basically handles the communications inside the mesh network. And then we would be using a, a simple user interface that the mesh node operators can use to configure the node. So you're talking about taking some software which already exists as open source and maybe bundling it up so that it works with some cheap hardware and give it a, a more user-friendly interface. The software already exists and it's really viable and it's being made by people that, who know what they're doing. For example, um, um, our routing software called Batman, it's really being used in mesh, uh, mesh networks over um, Berlin and, and whatnot. And we, what we believe is that um, these mesh, mesh network projects are really not successful because of the user interface. Um, I mean, sure, everybody can learn how to flash a router, but not everybody would do it. 
in a normal condition. So what we were trying to do is basically bundle it up in a way that's very easy to use. And if you pay 50 bucks for the router, then it just works and it handles everything by, by itself. I guess where this technology is most needed is not so much quiet neighbourhoods like where I live, but in places where the censorship is becoming most obvious. For example, around the Occupy Wall Street protests, where you've obviously got a critical mass of motivated people, but how would you work around other issues such as power constraints or lack of suitable locations for, for antenna? We did some calculations and we're, our mesh nodes would be using about 9 watts of power. We managed to establish that if we used, for example, one feet per one feet uh, solar panel, we would manage to run this node for um, 60 hours on normal use. But in, in situations where power is, is more restricted, you need to have yeah, this way of relying on solar power, for example. The Zuccotti Park site where the Occupy Wall Street protest is taking place right now is 3,100 square metres. How many mesh nodes do you think you'd need to cover that entire park? With the right antennas, we could cover the, the plaza with about three nodes placed in strategic locations. However, these are just like figures that basically work in, in theory. If we had omnidirectional antennas and we, we placed them in locations where it had a clear view of the, of the people, you know, then maybe we could cover this with three nodes. And the, the deployment would be um, pretty, pretty cheap because we're talking about like um, 50 bucks for, uh, for each node. So our goal is to, to reach to many people as possible with as few nodes as possible. You could add additional nodes to give sure. some kind of redundancy. That you, you can have as few nodes as possible, but then you can also add as, as many as you want. Um, ideally, and what we're, what we're using to, to make the calculations is that if every, every people in the world had a mesh node, then how it would work, you know? We have to do this um, kind of questions to um, design the network and the IP address schemes. What can our listeners do in order to join or promote or even take advantage of your project? How can they get involved today? The easiest way to get involved is by visiting, by visiting our website. Uh, right now, our technology is not ready to roll out at, at, and deploy and reliably. So we're calling out for programmers, designers, peer people to reach out to, to Medium. And basically, um, we think that in six months or such time, we would, be, we would have a technology that it's um, reliable enough to roll out and start selling boxes. When we think of revolutionaries, the most obvious image is that of political activists like Gandhi or Martin Luther King. But perhaps the Darknet project is a new form of political revolution, one plotted in computer science departments and basement dens. The Darknet project may be far from complete, but I believe that its dream of an internet completely free of censorship is one that may well come to be. This is Salim Fadli for The Pod Delusion.